0: You know what's cool about baseball, too, is that we get alerts when people hit home runs. Imagine if we had that for hockey. That'd be sick. Couldn't you?
1: what, What app do you use? Yahoo. But can't you set it to get a push notification if you get a goal or something?
0: No, not for hockey. For football, it is when you throw, when some, so-and-so throws a passing. Like so when someone gets a touchdown, you get a notification. And for baseball, when someone hits a dinger, you get a uh, notification. So like a guy I picked off of waivers a couple days ago, who's like having a pretty good season for the Cubs, hit a grand slam. And I was like, oh, shit, first game with the team, guy hits a grand slam. That's dope. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with myself.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Pucks on the Dasher Hockey (laughs) Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Glass, and with me as always, my co-host, Tyler Hebner.
0: Yo, you're going to do me dirty like that? I didn't know we were starting
1: yet. We were, but it just worked so well, and I've never done Uh, it like that before. I was like, oh, we're going to do it this time. I've never done it. I usually cut you off, and then I do the intro, and I'm like, nah, I'm going to do an organic thing and rip it off like 31 Thoughts does, where they always have that little pre-ramble.
0: I was just gonna, It's 32 thoughts. Whatever it is. I remember crazy, listening but... to it
1: when it was 30 thoughts, Tyler. <laughs> Great. Well, maybe not listening to it, but I definitely read that blog when it was 30 thoughts. For sure. For like a few years, probably.
0: Yeah. It's been around um, for a while.
1: I think somebody asked him actually recently on the podcast yeah, how when the long? blog started. And I think he said like 2009-ish, which is probably yep. right, because that's when I had an office job and was reading online a lot. Yep. Uh, Grantland, rest in peace. One of the greatest sports websites that ever existed. Oh, I miss it every day. What a yeah, just was... absolute talent base they had. Like, unreal. That's how I met. Well, I actually, I think I started reading Sean McIndoe when he re- wrote for the National Post way back when. But Damn. Uh, I remember James Myrtle, current editor at The Athletic, when he used to write for the Leafs Beat, like for like the Toronto Star or whatever, back in the mm-hmm. day. I remember Jonas Siegel starting out. <laughs>
0: Did I ever tell you Myrtle plays in my in the league I play in in the city?
1: Yeah, I did. And every yeah, time yeah. you tell me that, I said get him on the podcast, and you just chicken out every time. <laughs> I don't
0: think I've actually played against him, but I know he plays in the league. I just happen to miss the games we played against them. Leave him a note, or he or missed the games. Yeah, just leave a note. Just leave him the cash. No, skate by the bench.
1: Uh, okay, since we had a weird intro, uh, Tyler, have you been watching anything interesting lately?
0: Uh, Stranger Things is basically it.
1: Are you done the most current season? Yes. Was it good?
0: Fantastic. Some of the best TV I've ever watched.
1: Uh rank the seasons
0: of Stranger Things. <sighs> Honestly, like 3 and 4 are probably the better seasons. Like one season 1 is okay. It, it, it's got like um it's like like I mean, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I imagine it's like Harry Potter where like the first the first season of it is just like little kids doing stuff and like that's not super fun to like watch in hindsight like it was good to get you into it but like it's tough to start there so like definitely season four of stranger things is probably the best season they have to put out i really liked last season as well too um and then season two is like sure so, so like I, reverse I th- chronologic
1: okay so i watched one for sure i've watched episodes of two maybe
0: it doesn't seem like it's your type of show. There's a lot of like gore and monsters and stuff. So.
1: Yeah, it definitely went in a direction I was not expecting when the show started. Um, yeah, it's I, a super well-written. I uh, thought it was going to be more Scooby-Doo, um, no. and it became more like horror. <laughs> yes.
0: It's very unique, I would say, to, in that sense.
1: I feel like I talked about this on the podcast before, maybe, but I can't remember. One time I was shooting at a Comic-Con and the guy who did—he was the monster with the face, yeah. the open face with the fa- teeth all around it or whatever—I don't know what it's called.
0: That's a demigorgon, but yeah.
1: Yes, that's that's what it was. Uh, and he had the costume there, and he was wearing it and stuff. And it Whoa. was it was really—it's uh, it's really hilarious to see that kind of stuff and just this small little like event space yeah. and yeah, with yeah. like fifteen people there and you and like uh, it was it was cool though. I mean people were getting selfies with him and stuff, which was really hilarious. Um and he was doing whatever, like he was really cool with it. So he was doing yeah. like really dumb things as the demigorgon in the for selfies. Um so it yeah. was fun.
0: I think I might uh might take some inspiration from this season for Halloween this year,
1: for sure. I'm sure you'll be the only one, so that's good for you. Um. Uh yes. <laughs> Nobody watches that show, apparently. I, no. I've heard. But it's apparently. such
0: a good. It's like. I'm surprised it doesn't release at Halloween, to be honest. Like, it's such a good. It's great for that time period mm. of the year.
1: Uh, Tyler, are you of the age where uh, YTV was still doing their Halloween marathons?
0: Like goosebumps and are you afraid they of the would dark do yeah like
1: goosebumps are you afraid of the dark um i think a tales from a crypt and then this one with this bug who would like intro the stories you remember that He was like he would always be like this happened to a friend of a friend of mine and it'd be this really yeah, weird story wasn't
0: that are you afraid of the dark
1: no that's a different one that's kids around a well, campfire tales from the setting the, it up
0: tales from the Crypt Keeper. doesn't he say that happened to i do know what you're talking about yeah long yeah. story short, yes i do
1: the original tales from the crypt creeped me out when i was a kid there are some messed up yeah, episodes of that yeah. Uh, okay. Actually, speaking of horror, I finally watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I mm. know you're really excited about that. Yeah, I'm not
0: going to be asking any questions about this. So uh,
1: it, uh, the reason I finally watched it is because it's now on Disney Plus, <laughs> so <laughs> I got to watch it uh, at home. Uh, and after watching it at home, I am really bummed. I did not watch it in a theater. Um, so I don't. I don't know how well you know movies, Tyler. Um, does the name Sam Raimi ring a bell? No. So he directed the original Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Um, did you okay. watch any of those? No. Or do you know of
0: them? <laughs> I've heard of them. Yeah.
1: Okay. He also did the original Spider Man trilogy. Okay. Um, Which was uh, felt weird, given. But he's done some other movies. He's been around forever. He's a well-renowned director. So he did the new Doctor Strange, uh, and it's a horror movie, in essence. Whoa. Um, it's, it's genre defined as a horror movie. If you look it up, uh, wow. I'm not going to say it isn't necessarily scary. There is one definite jump scare in it. hundred percent jump
0: scares. It's my least favorite.
1: Um, but it's not a jump scare that it scared me. Like it, it's there, but it's not like, it doesn't have that thing where it's like super tense. And then all of a sudden yeah. it comes out of nowhere on you. It's just there. Um, definitely a lot of death in it. A lot of violence. Um, a lot of off-screen assumed violence that is very unusual for a Marvel movie um i liked it a lot despite people telling me that maybe they didn't like it as much um and it's very sam raimi there's a lot of his shots in it there's some really gorgeous cinematography uh, bruce campbell obviously makes a cameo which is always a thing in sam raimi movies and he does it in a way that is really brilliant um i actually am considering watching it again already
0: <laughs> mm, fun uh
1: yeah That's it was kind of movie. cool to see a marvel horror movie in essence um and then, because of that, I re-watched Spider-Man No Way Home, because um, that's also a brilliant movie, and I'd only seen it the one time in theaters. Um, wow, what a fun, great. All those Spider-Man, that Spider-Man trilogy, that new one is what I always wanted Spider-Man movies to be. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, looking forward to more. It's also the only trilogy in the Marvel Universe where the same director directed every single one. Um, if that says anything... Uh, okay. Hockey stuff, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, sponsors are pulling support for Hockey Canada, or at the very least suspending it. Good. Um, once again, we're not going to go into a big deep dive on this yet, because I'm kind of waiting for this to all shake out, but that is the last biggest piece of news. Um, the government, the federal government has obviously gotten involved here, and they are investigating on their own. Um there's this is going to be a this is a big it should have been a big deal at the time
0: <laughs> yeah unfortunately it's a big deal now yes um
1: but now it's actually becoming a very big deal and uh once again as i said to you in text my biggest concern now is that uh the victim who definitely did not want to be named at any point is eventually going to leak out and i feel very bad for her
0: uh yeah hopefully not but i'm
1: hoping not but i just i don't you know what lawyers are like tyler and Eventually, the players are gonna get named, man, and it's it's gonna get it's gonna be a it's gonna thing. Get weird, because yeah. once I think once the players get named, then they're gonna start pointing fingers about who did what, right? Mm-hmm. And like I might have been there, but I didn't do what blah 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 did. Or you never know; it could go a hundred different places now, because um, they're gonna start like probably pulling emails and texts, and like who knows what they're gonna do. Um, it is yeah. technically the federal government, so yep. Uh, so I guess we'll follow that and see where it goes. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if it'll necessarily change the entire hockey culture, but I mean, at least something's finally happening. That's
0: good. Yeah. Yep. All good things. We'll see how things shake out. Uh, speaking of seeing
1: how things shake out, Tyler, we have a debate at number one. Hmm. And this does matter to you. Normally I wouldn't even bring it up cause it's all just wild speculation but it does matter to you in fantasy and a big deal um so yeah. i'm wondering what your current thoughts are on the first overall pick not even who Montreal's taking but like who are you taking now
0: uh i think i'm gonna wait till after the draft to answer that question <laughs> but we'll see i also want to i i would be silly to also not look at keepers and stuff and see who's being dropped True. Because you know how you know how this league is. Sometimes that's yeah, true. But, uh, there'll
1: be there'll be, some, but usually not somebody that you'd want to go one overall unless it was a goalie. Mm,
0: mm, it hasn't happened see. very often in this whole it pool history. It hasn't very Maybe often, once. We'll see. You never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the way I see this kind of going is. I mean, the way I the way I see it going is Montreal's definitely going to draft uh, Shane Wright. I think so right? too. Like, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any, like, huge doubt about that. I think the uh, the the discourse you're seeing right now is that Slavkovsky might be better than Shane Wright, uh, and that he might have a higher ceiling. Um, and like for the for for like all, like sake of the argument as well, like Logan Cooley probably has a pretty high ceiling too i think there's like again shane wright's been the consensus number one pick for like three years in this draft (laughs) class now um so i think people again are just nitpicking um at a few different things but we'll see like again from a fantasy perspective for me personally he would need to go to montreal for him to be like valuable to me like if he goes to new jersey i'm probably not in on it and if he goes to Arizona I'm definitely not in on it for obvious reasons but Montreal's a good landing spot for him I'd like to own him if you if he uh if he plays in Montreal I think there's a there's a line of possibility that he could potentially you know get first power play unit time in his first season or at least get you know second line center ice time like that's within the realm of possibilities depending on how he how he performs and by all means he sounds like he's NHL ready so that's a possibility um but yeah it's a it's a weird uh I, I'm not sure if this is just like media trying to drum up interest in the draft or if it's like legitimate because there has been like there, it's pretty split right now on who people actually like I
1: the angle of like people just doing it for funsies based on the people who are actually, Going out and changing their pick now, I don't know if necessarily true. Like a lot of those people have a lot of tenure and respect in the industry, yeah. and I don't think they're gonna do it yeah. just for funsies. Um, I there's to me more than anything, this is the most I guess weird draft year ever. Like I am a hundred percent of the belief that the best player will not be drafted first overall, or probably even second overall out of this draft. Well, he might not uh, even be once... a top five pick.
0: And I'm just pulling up draft years really quickly here because technically, what was the Kale McCarr draft? Was that twenty nineteen? He was fifth overall, I'm pretty sure.
1: He'd probably go but at like, least I, second now.
0: I'm just trying to look for like the last time a winger was drafted first overall and how that went. Was that Yakupov? Yakupov. Like, is that kind of where off we're off at? Oh Lafernier. Oh, Lafrainier last yeah. year. Yep. Yeah. He was he's a left wing. So again, like Who was to that kind year? of who was two? Who was
1: two after Laffy again? That was Laffy, right? Yeah. So yeah, they it's... took the winger instead of the center.
0: Yeah. And that hasn't gone. But like, like... I don't think we really know who's the best. Like Lucas yeah. Raymond probably looks like the best yeah. player out of that draft right now. St... Sorry. Tim Stutzla has been pretty good. He has 87 points in 132 games so far. He's been decent. And he was Raymond's talked only... about at the time as potentially
1: yeah. one of the steals of that draft, too. Yeah.
0: And like, but other than that, like, you know, Seth Jarvis, you know, like there's, like yeah, them. that
1: it's too early for a lot of those. Like, there's at least a couple yeah. of years left before we see even peaks from a lot of those guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then you got Hughes in 2019. Um, I'm just trying to look and see, like, what other than Lafreniere, something where we have, we can actually look at and say, like, when was a winger taken over a center?
1: Well, Kako and, and Hughes, right? Oh, that well, would no. be the what opposite. No, right, right, right. that was the winger taking over. That was the winger over center. Yeah.
0: So, like 2018, you had Dalene going number one. Then you had Shvechnikov as a winger going second overall. But that this wasn't a very good year for centers, right? Like Kokkinami is a really off the board pick. Barrett yeah. Hayton hasn't done anything, and then no. another center doesn't go until Dallas at number 13, which is Ty D'Angelo, who's done absolutely nothing. nothing at the at the NHL level, like. The best center that's been drafted so far other than Kakami has been Rasmus Kubari. <laughs> and that, that's a King's draft pick. Um and that's just literally because he's played in the NHL. Right. That is a weird that was a really weird year as well, too. So um Yeah, I I I I have a hard time believing that a center is gonna be less valuable from a hockey perspective, that either one of those two centers are gonna be less valuable than a winger. Like, Slavkovsky would have to be elite. Like, elite, elite. And I'm not necessarily sure that's going to be the case. So, it's an an interesting discussion, for sure.
1: This will be a potential year in fantasy. Like, to me, the bigger... Well, this is a different tangent, but... The biggest... This is the last... Well, yeah, you could argue this is probably the last weird year for like scouting because we had the pandemic and the last two years have been so weird like guys haven't played guys have played they played fewer games against you know Mm -hmm. sometimes only a few teams like all that kind of like this is essentially the first full season that anybody has had in like almost three years so there's so much dartboard throwing now where you're like well the guy didn't play for like a year and a half and then he wasn't as good as he was two years ago and it's like yeah maybe he just needed that time to warm up and he had 20 good games instead of 60 because he didn't have a training camp yeah. or like, you never, you know what I mean? like.
0: And before this season, everybody was saying this year is going to, this year is a good draft year. Next year is like, like unreal. Next year is going to, Oh like, yeah. A, next, year next year is, you year go is all in sitters. for next year. Yeah. Next year, Tons of good picks. This year was supposed to be a good draft, but it sounds like that started, like, because people haven't dominated as much as they mm. had in the past. Like, maybe that is because of the COVID last season. Like, that doesn't mean they're all going to be bad, right? I
1: think this could so, be the year know. where it's looked back on and it's underrated. Yeah. Where it's like, wow, about- actually, like, every, you know, only two guys in the entire first round haven't played yet or something yeah. like that.
0: Talking about the Galaxy branding before we started recording, like, the there is a potential that i could put, like put myself into that situation with this pick um and it wouldn't be the first time i've done it with drafting a rookie in this league in particular so yeah that's true we'll we'll see how it goes i will not be drafting slavkovsky or Cooley or anybody it'll be shane rider or someone else entirely
1: well that'll be interesting to see Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, for Montreal, you go with Shane Wright. And if you don't, you look just silly to me. Honestly, you yeah. go for the center well, every time.
0: It's a lot of pressure. And the whole thing that I had kind of like, I've been listening to a lot of draft stuff, obviously. And people are saying, like, Shane Wright is actually like, people are comparing him to Bergeron, which is absolutely horrible for him. But in the long, kind of long game, he's like the perfect perfect guy to be in Montreal because he's been a highly touted pick forever um and he can handle that level of pressure like he he's already been you know he didn't just come out of nowhere he's been good for a really really long time he's had this pressure for years and years now but yeah
1: okay we have some trades to talk about tyler Mm -hmm. and you might be excited about one of them but we're gonna save that one for last and get rid of these (laughs) little podunk things first because yours okay. le- actually leads into a signing, which is going to be our next topic. Cool. Um, you confirmed to me that we did talk about Weber for Dadnoff, so I will skip yeah. that.
0: I do remember that.
1: Uh, I talk to you almost about every single deal before we ever record a podcast on them. So sometimes it's hard in my brain to remember what we talked yep. about over text or what we talked about on the podcast. That's fair. Uh, okay, first up, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets are trying to put size on the roster. Uh, for some reason, giving a fourth round pick to the Predators for Matthew Olivier. Like, I don't. Yeah. Why would you I... give up draft? Why would you give up any draft capital for a player like this?
0: He's twenty five. He kind of seems like a tweener. I don't know a ton about Olivier. He hits his people. Plate.
1: Does he? I don't know. I th- thought that they got two guys who hit people, but the other guy's not here. Maybe they signed somebody. I can't remember.
0: He played most of the season in the AHL. Did he hit people there? It does not, according to Cat Friendly. I don't have that information in front well, of me. Well, let's right just now.
1: assume he hit people.
0: Yeah. He's, um, you know. What is his size? So- th- do you have his he's size 6'2". in front of you? Yeah,
1: he's 6'2. He's 6'2. There we go. See, he's 6'2. 210.
0: 6'2", yeah. Probably hits and he's people. from Mississippi. So they, you know, that you need that.
1: You need that. Right? Wow, he's from Mississippi? yeah somebody named matthew olivier is from mississippi
0: yeah you would think that guy's canadian biloxi
1: too huh
0: yep mm-hmm. so yeah this is a nothing trade we should not spend any more time on
1: i think we already talked more about matthew olivier on this podcast than anybody's ever talked about in his whole career
0: <laughs> i didn't even know this trade happened it was just <laughs> on the list
1: here i would have known like <laughs> i'm sure i saw it in some tweets randomly somewhere <laughs> Um, Okay, next up we have uh, the National Predators acquiring an old defenseman uh, who might still be okay. He Uh, is good, yes. Ryan McDonough, 6.75 for, I think, three more years? Four more years? Uh,
0: Yeah, I will verify that. I didn't have
1: that in front of me. That's my bad. Uh, I think it's three or four. Um,
0: Uh, Four more years.
1: Four more years. There we go. Yeah. I also read he retains his no trade clause. Um, yep. Even though he waived it to go there, yeah, that's. that's um, yeah, I believe that's, that's, gone that's a now. choice now by the player. I think that's the standard now.
0: Yeah, no, you keep your no-trade cost yeah. no matter what.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then going back is <laughs> Philippe Myers, who has a contract where if you buy it out, you actually get cap money back this year. Um, yep. but for some reason the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't going to buy him out so he'll probably get 50 points this year and run their second power play have <laughs> they said they're not going to buy him out I heard that they're actually not going to buy him out They Breezebach came out and said they've liked him since junior and they like him as a player and they think he can fix his skating and they see him a, as a potential NHL player
0: and if any team can do hey. it
1: I mean I believe that they could
0: Jan Ruta and Eric Chernak are good players now so Hey, throw anybody with Victor Hedman, you'll probably be okay.
1: Well, they'll move Sergachev up to replace McDonough, obviously. Ruta's a free agent, though. Um, and Chernak's yeah, got the, one more year Ruta, left,
0: This is the Ruta replacement, I guess. Then. Philippe Myers, maybe. Ruta well, was nothing when he came to the lighting.
1: True enough. Uh, yeah. And also going in the deal, because I have to mention it, because it seems like a player that was literally just made up. Expect this guy to be on Pittsburgh next year and get 20 goals. Uh Grant <laughs> Mishmash, which is just like the
0: old mishmash. The old
1: mishmash. Oh <laughs> man. So what do you uh what do you trade away for that uh two-time Stanley Cup winner with uh four more years left on his deal? Uh uh mishmash of stuff. Uh Yay. actually, McDonough's gonna fit really nicely into that Nashville top four. Um Nashville is now just like this is them showing. F- uh, Mr. Forsberg, hey, we're still trying to win here. Please come sign with us. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, am totally cool with that because th- they annoy you so much, and I think it's hilarious what they're able to do with the just insane contracts they have. They just have
0: like them. Mo- like they just, they just. I, I, <laughs> they, they overpay useful players, and it's hilarious. They will be a playoff team, but I ask you, at yeah. what cost? At what cost? <laughs> at what cost have you? I don't think they're like. Okay, so we'll see how they play next year. This is the team to me that's going to be like the Dallas Stars. Remember how I said like mm-hmm. there's always one team, weird team that makes that final? Oh, four. imagine like if was, yeah, the other Predators
1: make like the con final next year or something.
0: Yeah. Because now they have like a pretty good D corps. Like they have probably w- a,
1: one of the better D corps in their division.
0: Yeah. And and they could probably withstand an injury or two and be okay. Yep. But like three of those guys are signed for way too much money, way too long, oh, yeah. and uh, they've got UC Saros, which is which is great.
1: And right? hypothetically, uh, Connor Ingram, who's supposed and, to be pretty good,
0: and hypothetically Victor or um, uh, Askarov, who is hypothetically Correct. supposed to be pretty good as well. Yeah. Now the problem That's... is at forward. <laughs> but well the but problem it,
1: is also Askroff notably is currently in a country that is um now stealing players at the border and throwing them into military service so yeah
0: that's not good so that's not good well we'll see if we'll see if forsberg resigns and 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 whatnot but i mean in the short term in the short term yes sweet nashville you got ryan mcdonough the 30 33 year old he's 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 a number two, I would say. Maybe number one. Nah, he's a number two. He doesn't have enough offense for. Him. But he's like a shutdown dude. Like the, he is the modern day um, like shutdown defenseman. Um, and he's really good, and he's been really good for a long time. Like, don't get me wrong, Brian McDonough is is fantastic. I worry heavily about injuries with him and I worry heavily about those last two years of this contract. Maybe three. We'll the, see how this year this is how this year goes.
1: Honestly, the best case scenario for the Predators is he plays well enough until he blows a Neo and they can LTIR him and see you later. Yeah. No big deal. The worst yeah. case scenario is he slowly fades but still is healthy enough to put in the lineup. Like that's that's bad yeah. for them.
0: And, and for Tampa, like obviously like as much as it sucks to like give away like a really good defenseman, like this was a really good deal for them.
1: Well, this right? like yeah. you just
0: completely clear a contract that I thought was an albatross. Yeah, right. I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be a big problem for them in those last couple of years. Like solely based on injuries, I don't think his play is going to fall off. I just think that they at, at some point you're going to he's going to fall apart because of the way that he plays. Like he he doesn't look like the player that's going to age very well injury wise. Um, like, very Brent seabrook to me. Mm. And I don't know if that's disrespectful to Ryan McDonough or not, but Brent Seabrook used to be really good. Yeah. We can agree on that, right? We can agree on that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And injuries, he was good. injuries Dude, slowed he was, him down. Was, and then He was on frigging
1: Team Canada.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was, and he was really good. He won a bunch of cups, just like McDonough. So now it's going to be like, okay, we need to replace from within. Sergachev definitely is going to have to take a step, right? Yeah. Um they could potentially find some other d uh, I think they should move on from Jan Ruta personally. Um, don't don't get trapped into, even if he gets three, three and a half, I think you could probably find you know, someone who's, he's been stapled to Vic, Victor Hedman for a long time. For I sure. Think he can't really do anything on his own, if you will. Um, and then hopefully Cal Foote does something for them too. That would be cool. And well, then you're kind of right back there.
1: If for some reason you think this allows them to do a big move, this basically allows them to re-sign Pilat and potentially still keep Kalorn. Yeah. Like that's this is money isn't this is not money they're going to be able to use to acquire anyone. This is money they're going to be able to use yeah. to keep more of their core re-sign. together. Re-sign.
0: Yeah. Well, I think they should get rid of um, get rid of Kalorn as well. But
1: I would let Palat and Kalorn walk, and I would sign somebody in free agency who's probably better than both of them. <laughs>
0: man i'm just looking at who they have in their prospect pool and i was like oh yeah they have sean day um yeah notably got it and I, he had 40 points in 69 ahl games
1: dude, so huge glow gonna... up um since he came over to tampa because he was a lost he was a lost yeah. prospect till he came over and he yeah. was a big deal for a while
0: he's been good with uh in the ahl for tampa since they got him
1: it's a quality, like they can just churn him out because they have, cool, they put the money in and they do it through the entire organization.
0: Now he's only 20, he's already 24, so. Yeah, but he can come in,
1: even much. if he comes up and he's like a bottom tier player for them, but he's on an t- entry level deal and he's yeah. useful. Like that's amazing for a team like that. They yeah. don't need good players really anymore. They need useful no. bottom sixers.
0: Yeah. Well, we, yeah, we just literally saw how they do it. So, yeah, that, that's. Yeah, I mean, again. Like Nash, Nashville gets. I can't really shit on Nashville too much for this, so as much as I want to, because I feel like they should, like maybe try and build properly, because I don't think they build properly right now. And again, um, teams just fall all over themselves to help out Tampa and Vegas and and really good teams. Like I don't know why. Like why are you not having Tampa try it? Like retain any of this money? Like w- like what what's the deal here? Like you were like base probably one of the only teams that would take that contract on or could could have and like you you it, he cost nothing but now you're kind of locked in
1: well i so, mean i don't know they got david poyle there he's been there since literally the mm-hmm. franchise began until he moves on it's all in all the time yeah like he is not exactly known for drafting high-end players like he just they get they they get the bubble and they go go from there
0: yeah, they're the per- perennial bubble team.
1: I mean, hey, small budget and you get it done every year. They made a Stanley Cup final. Like, can't complain, I guess. Yeah. Okay, uh, last trade to talk about here. Should we just skip this one? You don't probably care about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Minnesota Wild acquired uh, two elite assets in uh, a first round pick, which is 19th overall for this year's draft. Uh, second a round pick from I think last year. Uh mm-hmm. Brock Faber, who is a defenseman. Uh and in return, the Los Angeles Kings acquired overrated 80 point forward Kevin Fiala. Um and who they then signed to a seven year 7.8, seven point eight seven five hundred thousand contract uh twenty five years. Right left yeah. right left wing. Uh, you are obviously very pissed off uh, that you got a <laughs> peak player uh, for more than William Lee Nielander.
0: Yeah, and for nothing,
1: basically, as far as I'm concerned, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am super happy. This is exactly what the Kings needed. I'm glad they made this this move and not, um, you know, some of the other names that were on the market. Right, I was kind of worried about Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> being a thing and like a big money deal for him like something in the nines um yeah so this is your finally kopitar gets a good running mate for the foreseeable future and the cool thing about fiala is that he shoots a lot and he's a really good shooter and that's exactly what the kings lacked this past uh season they they shoot a lot but they are shooting percentages the team was really poor um does this take a spot away from a rookie Yes, do does that matter? No, um, I I think having Alex Iafalo not playing the top line anymore would be great, right? Just overall for everybody, that's probably something that you want. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Brock Faber was a when when they picked him, I was happy. So I I do think he's a good player. Um, from what I've seen, he's and based on his plus plus two season I think they call it like the year after the draft or two years after the draft a year anyways his NCAA career up until now uh, since being drafted hasn't been all that great not a lot of like crazy development he's he is probably NHL ready he could probably play for Minnesota next year if they needed him to in a in a bottom pairing role but he is very much a defensive defenseman like not I don't expect like any offensive numbers like or anything like that from him so I think if you look at ceiling, right? Potential ceiling and potential floor. Like he's probably like a a B level prospect, like a guy who is is probably an NHLer, but is not going to be like a superstar, or not going to be someone who you're going to look at down the, the down the road and be like, oh god, we traded Brock Faber for for <laughs> Kevin Fiala, even if Kevin Fiala is um, is Jeff Skinner essentially uh, like you know this is it, this is probably not a big deal and number 19 overall is gun is great for the wild you know again another player maybe next year they can plug in the lineup for super cheap but not something the Kings need right now at all like it's definitely dealing from a position of strength
1: okay I want to circle back to um let's just say the king's perspective and I want to tell well I want to ask you what narrative you're choosing to take here mm-hmm With this trade, are the Kings signaling that... Well, okay, obviously they're signaling that last year was not a fluke. They're a playoff team now, and they're going to start adding pieces to start going for it again. Correct, right? Mm -hmm. But by adding Kevin Fiala, does this mean that they don't believe in their prospect base and it is now tradable assets for guys they don't want? Or are they letting it gestate a little longer than they think, so they're going to use some future assets now because those won't be useful for them later?
0: I think it is simply the fact that the players that they would have... The, the players that they have currently, from a prospect or young player perspective... Like, they don't have a Fiala, are, basically. They're just not ready to take, be right. a top-line, first power play unit, 20-minute-a-night forward. Right. Like I think that's simply it. What I will say is that having watched... playoffs this year and having watched the kings playoff run and 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 all of that um it doesn't it's not a big deal if you put some players down in the lineup or send some guys to the ahl to develop when you still have competent nhl forwards and what i always say about you know developing teams or teams on the rise or teams with really good prospect pools is you need to have some veterans around them to, to insulate um and also learn from right you're basically from a center ice perspective their best center or best center prospects are going to have to learn how to play third line and fourth line minutes right and i don't think that that's a big i don't think that's super bad or negative in any way i mean some players aren't gonna respond well to that but i think the big guys that they have are you know Quentin byfield rasmus kupari and alex turcott like those are your Big three centers. I, I think Gabe Velarde is a good player, but I don't think he's at that tier of, of those three. You don't like Kaliyev anymore? Oh no, is not a center. So I'm just strictly. Oh, talking okay. About sorry. Right, now. right. So those three centers do like there is a, 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 a you know there is a, an outcome where they can play third line minutes and still grow and develop. Like Quentin Byfield is a very good prospect. He's 19 years old, right? And you can play. Um, you know, we saw it in um in Florida this year with Lundell. Right? Lundell played a third line center role was pretty good. Um they probably want Byfield to develop defensively and who better to learn from than you know, a Selkie winner in Kopitar and a guy who probably should maybe should have one or yeah, might win one yeah. at some point in Dino. Deneau, like deno's a very good defensive center. Um, so you're learning from a you know two guys or they just say hey you know what don't worry about defense the other two guys got it you just go fucking just rip it up
1: honestly i would put him. i would put him on a sheltered fourth uh with a couple of veteran bangers and i would give them offensive i would just feed them offensive zone starts and and just give them some confidence like you don't need him to worry like you said you have two of the most elite defensive centers in almost the entire nhl if bergeron had retired like, yeah. you don't necessarily need him to be A1 defensive. Like, obviously, yeah. he can't forget about it. But I feel like, given his makeup and what was talked about, he is already a good defensive center, is he yeah. not? Um, Wasn't that one of his big things? So, yeah, I mean, okay, so on that wavelength, then, would you also be cool with the Kings using more assets to go after, say, let's say, uh, Jacob Chikrin?
0: yeah I was asked that by someone else as well too about chicken um because honestly, think,
1: like it can't be if we've seen what like the value for some of these I feel like some of these guys are getting traded for a lot less than I was expecting,
0: yeah, I think um they do there's no doubt that they need a number two or a number one, depending on how you feel, but drew Doughty. uh um, <laughs> well, I know how he feels about himself. <laughs> <laughs> the So they have, yeah, we all know. It. They do have, um so two guys who really broke out this year were Sean Dersey and, and Mikey Anderson. So those two are like, you're assuming are, as long as they're not like a one year kind of bump. It, all right, those guys are like locked in next year yeah. in your top six. There is guys like Bjornford and Jordan Spence who are pretty good prospects. They've got a few other ones in the system as well too that are are pretty sought well, after, Grant like Clark, guys right? Brent Clark, yeah. Helgi Grands is is uh, reportedly a pretty good uh, you know L. He's he's has a, a realm of possibilities where he is an NHL player as well too. You also have Matt Roy. So like there is you do have a decent defense corp as long as you know there's not a lot of name brand value there but they were good this past season both analytically and like eye test wise um Chikrin would be great uh, my whole thing with Chikren is with the amount that you're going to have to pay to get him which is probably going to be turcot plus I would think you're it's right? a
1: 100% a first um and it's yeah, yeah it's probably one of those better those A or yeah. a A to B prospects if you will
0: Not Byfield, for sure. No, 100%
1: not Byfield.
0: Right. And then probably, I think they really like Arthur Kaliev, and I do too. So I probably wouldn't deal him either. um, Because I think the moment he gets off that fourth line and plays with the... Like, if him and Byfield play together this upcoming season, like, that could be really fun to watch. I think the amount that it would take for us to get, or for the Kings, sorry, to get um, Jacob Trickren... I'd be concerned with not, like, allowing him to be a number one. Right. If that makes sense, right? Like, Drew Doughty's always going to run that power play, right? Are you? Are we okay with like Jacob Chikrin being second unit power play and like he he might be Drew Doughty's partner. He might be second. Pairing, like run your own line kind of thing, like is that is are you giving up too much to like for an asset that you can't use at his full potential, like fullest potential, right? And also he had a really bad season last year. Like well, maybe the I that need. one season he was really good. Maybe well the, the, Arizona was just as bad both years. So yeah, I true. don't see that argument really. Like is he actually good? Is is the question, right? It's it's a tough one. It's it's really mm-hmm. tough. I I think if it does happen my my response to that question is going to be very highly rooted in in what the cost was
1: okay uh we do have other signings to talk about um but uh i hope everybody appreciated that little tangent that i knew we were going to have this week because it was kings related (laughs) um we don't just do tangents on the leafs uh the kings just don't do as many insane things as the do. Wow. Uh, speaking of the Leafs, uh, 23-year-old Timothy Lilligren signed a two-year, $1.4 million per year contract. Uh, love it. Love to see it. Mm-hmm. Two Did years. we talk about that? We haven't talked about it yet.
0: No. No, yeah, we skipped it
1: last week. I forgot to write it down. Great deal.
0: Um, again, bottom parent defenseman, young kid. You get him for two years at basically nothing. And there's probably not a realm of possibilities that... He like does enough where he needs like six million over six years or something. No. So like you're just you're not even kicking a can down the road. You're just signing a good player for a cheap amount of money and and hopefully they actually play him because he should have been playing the entire playoffs in my opinion. Well,
1: yeah, he looked really good down the stretch with uh, Gio, who is also back for two more years. So I'm hoping they kind of lock that in and keep that as a pairing. Um, but yeah, when he started in the playoffs, apparently he looked undersized or something and they pulled him. and then they, yeah, the hall came I anyway, know Justin Hall's going to get traded finally. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, Justin Hall sucks. That's why.
0: Uh, and I can't believe you ever thought he was good.
1: He had one good run cause Muzzin carried him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let him, mm-hmm. let him mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. but you, yeah, not even, not even going to go there. Uh, okay.
1: Uh, I, what you think Jared McCann would look really good on the Leafs roster right now. Fuck you. Come on.
0: Don't even do that. <laughs> Uh, you you were adamant that he was good, and it wasn't a Muzzin thing. He had a good year. Or you were, two. You were so happy when they signed that deal.
1: Adam. I know because it was cheap, and it's still a cheap deal.
0: Yes, but that's why you don't sign bottom. It was only a two-year deal, Tyler. Than...
1: We allow for two-year deals.
0: Was it only two? It was, it was only, only a two-year deal, Tyler. Oh, geez, Come on, calm really down. Really nagging. They're re-nagging on that very fast. Then, uh, anyways, I stand corrected.
1: Okay uh Connor dewar two years eight hundred thousand 23 years old i Sweet. guess that's fine i don't know yeah i don't okay. know who that is mm-hmm. uh okay next up uh goalie who i actually wanted the least to sign but looks like that's obviously not happening two years one million dollars for 29 year old scott wedgwood
0: yeah he wasn't leaving dallas he finally found i know home.
1: i know yeah. and that's fine good for him i'm happy for him he's skipped around forever a uh, deep sleeper potential there because uh, he is backing up a rookie in his second season.
0: Well, It's not a rookie if it's his second season. No, but
1: you know what I mean. A guy coming like off a, his rookie season, goalie. if you will.
0: Yes, a young goalie.
1: Uh, with a team that desperately wants to win. Um, yeah. Okay, next up, a young goalie again. A 41-year-old Craig Anderson. <laughs> uh, one-year deal with the Buffalo Sabres, 1.5. I think it's just cool that Craig Anderson is still in the NHL. <laughs>
0: yeah for sure and honestly he was fine for the savers last year to be honest yeah he was good for them yeah
1: yep they don't need him to be anything more than a backup probably but i don't know who the hell is going to be their Correct. starter yet i don't think they know uh next up 27 year old nicholas paul signed a seven year 3.150 thousand dollar contract with the tampa bay Lightning. tyler this is insanity This they're 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 blowing their own coke now. Like they you you don't
0: like this one, eh? No,
1: this is is insanity. This is not. He's not a top six forward. You should not be signing bottom six forwards for over three or four years. This is a seven year contract. Like I get it. They seem to be able to find a way to magician everything, and
0: it's not a lot of money. But what the hell? So let me. Is he that good? Let, Let let's unpack this. Okay, so you have Nick Paul, right? He can play center or wing, super versatile, very good at That's a lightning ops. staple, I get it. Pretty good defensively. Yeah, another checkbox. Plays on the penalty kill. Another checkbox. Twenty seven years, yep. years old. Right? Kind of old. He was he had some decent speed, but he was very noticeable in the playoffs. Very 100%, very. hundred
1: percent. But aren't they following Pretty. into the trap here? The like, oh guy had a good playoffs, like
0: let's go. He, so here here's what I'll say. He's, he's a million and change less than Alex Kalorn. If Nick Paul had the same deployment as Alex Kalorn, could you he get Nick 40 Paul points be, every year? Do you think Nick Paul would be better than Alex Kalorn?
1: Geez, <sighs> I hate to say it, but I think there's potentially could be. Yeah.
0: So if they, if they plug him in I mean, on that he, power play, all he has
1: to do is stay healthy every year and he'll automatically get more points than Kalorn would,
0: and just stand in front of the fucking yeah. net. Yeah on the power play. Like he is to me, what they're sig- what they're signifying here is this guy is definitely a top six forward for them. And, and maybe not in terms of deployment, like he might be third line center, like checking role. Like they used to have uh Yanni Gord do, Yeah, but you'd have no doubt that Yanni Gord was definitely a top six forward on the lightning at some, like in terms of like value to the team.
1: Well, that one playoff run that third line that everybody talked about essentially was being played like a first line.
0: Yes, but they were a th- like you know what I mean. Like it doesn't like really that matter. Like that Goodrow
1: Coleman Gord line was basically being played ice time wise like a first line by during the exactly. Cup runs.
0: and if if um, and and maybe this is a little bit of like, hey, Anthony Cirelli might not be here for much longer, kind of thing. Correct. And like we need a defensive center. Like these are the thing. Like the Lightning know what they need to be successful, and some of those pieces are ch- interchangeable. Right. So like well we need to have a really good defensive center to take all the hard, hard draws off of Stamkos and Braden Point, essentially. They also have right? twenty
1: goal scorer Ross Colton, who came out of nowhere last year and became an actual player. Like he can anchor their third line if yep. they want. Like I thought he yep. was going to be the guy they were gonna move into the top six and they were gonna let Paul walk. Like I didn't see this happening.
0: Well, and then you're gonna look at Brandon Hagel as well, too, who 100%. hasn't really who hasn't really been that good for them, but again, is super cheap right now and for another year after that. So, like, I'm thinking that this, could could this be a bad deal? Absolutely. 100% absolutely. Nick Paul could be like Milan Lucci. It's just so many years, Tyler. Like, I feel like by
1: 31 or 32, it's going to be like, oh, my God, there's how many more years left? Well, he signed for how long? Seven? Seven years at 27. Like, by 30, he's going to be like, 34, it's... It's a tradable deal, I think. Well, they can trade um, freaking anything. It sounds like so.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you can get you can eat half that money and definitely move him, right? And then he's a one million dollar player essentially, which most people have. And the caps only the cap should start going up soon. Correct. So it's I, I don't.
1: It's the years. That's it. Like actually, if yeah. they signed him for four years at three point one five, I wouldn't. Buy, like that wouldn't baden. I'd be like, yeah, that's a hell of a deal. Fine, yeah. do it. It's I'd
0: say in like, the next four years, there's a good chance that he outperforms the the price point, which may make the back end of the deal not matter.
1: Correct. And um the rumors going out there, though this could be floated by his agent, is that Ilya Mikheyev is looking for between four and a half and five and a half million per season on a long-term deal. And he has one twenty like he basically has yeah. eighty NHL games total to his career. Like mm-hmm. so Nick Paul was mm-hmm. definitely getting more money. So I guess that's where the term came in.
0: Yeah. And again, we look at Nick Paul and say, like, oh, he's only scored, he his career high is 20 points. Um he played for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah,
1: he's gonna probably like he is a late round sleeper potentially if you can do that in fantasy with the Lightning player, but or he is a waiver like sniff around on the waivers for this guy if somebody gets really, hurt type thing.
0: It it really depends on where on Kalorn for me. Kalorn's the real like yeah yeah. If they move Kalorn, I'm gonna be all over Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel next year.
1: Or Ross Colton is a deep because he was hitting like crazy. Uh, that's a deep, Colton, that's more of
0: a deeper pool guy, but yeah, Colton will never take a spot on that top power play. No, but if he gets the... forty
1: points and hundred hits, yeah. like that's you know
0: how you know how that power play how that yeah, power play runs. True. It's, it's Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman on the on the umbrella. They put Braden Point in the slot for like the little tap passes and stuff because he's got quick hands. And then they literally just need just somebody a pylon big. in front of the net. Yeah, and Ross Colton is not that player. Yeah, somebody that he's can tip the puck player. ideally. Yeah, so Nick Paul could, which is why Kalorn
1: went off this year. Uh, by the way, or
0: they will deploy Nick Paul as the shutdown D, like they do, or a shutdown center, like they do Sorelli, yep. and then you just have two Move of Cirelli. them, which is sweet, right? Well, you know, I would not do that, but I think he's going to get too expensive.
1: Okay, we have a few more deals here. Twenty-three uh, year old left-handed defenseman Jack Rathbone, two years, mm-hmm. eight hundred fifty thousand per year. Uh, that's fine.
0: Yep, he is uh, one of those guys. He's supposed that to be good, people, right? Yeah, people in Vancouver really like him. So. Yeah, well, they, they um, never talk up their
1: prospects. So
0: Yeah, he was a point per game in the AHL this past season.
1: All right, that's pretty good for a defenseman, I bet. Yeah, uh, probably
0: will be a, a full-time player for them next year, I, I would imagine. I
1: assume with this contract being one-way, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of have to do that. Um, yeah. Okay, next up, Vancouver also signed 25-year-old Brock Besser to a three-year deal for six point six five thousand mm-hmm. per year. Uh, Super
0: interesting deal.
1: I. mm,
0: How do you. So hold on. Let's go through the checklist. How do you feel about the length?
1: The length is fine. That's probably Probably ideal, to be honest. I almost am shocked he accepted that.
0: And then how do you feel about the cap hit? It's not terrible.
1: It's not terrible. Well, okay. So the cap hit, if this was an eight year deal at that, I would be absolutely losing my mind right now. Like um but three jack years Roslovitch. for honestly if they sign him for three years for eight like three years for a- anything at this point for a team that's not really cap strapped is not bad
0: jack roslovich signed for four
1: but they're gonna have to trade jt miller maybe yeah but i also don't think like Brock Besser's
0: that good i think he's a good complimentary he's a good compliment he's the piece. hoffman
1: i can never figure out his first name he's like a slightly this... better version
0: what I will say is the Besser contract makes me feel a little bit better about the Fiala contract. Well,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Because... Fiala's Besser doesn't have an 80-point
1: point season to his name, that's for sure.
0: Less about points, more about the style of play. is more of a play driver. I think Besser's more of like a, a trigger man. <laughs> yeah, he is. Right? He's a shooter. He's like, he's like a better Mike Hoffman. That's what I was saying. Right, yeah. So... I think it's a good deal. Uh, they didn't. They didn't do. This isn't horrible. Look, right, three I years. Mean, it, that's gonna look a lot better, and in, in that second or in that third year, it's gonna look really good.
1: He's got the coach that you would want to have a glow up season with, because Boudreaux's mm-hmm. gonna be back for a full year. <laughs> yeah, um, and
0: like they deployed him pretty well this year, did they not? Yeah, like he had a good season.
1: And I mean, notably, his father passed away last year, so I'm sure that can't be easy to perform when that happens to you.
0: Oh, he didn't really have that great of a season. He did not.
1: No, that's why this contract surprised me. Um,
0: twenty twenty. He it was a twenty goals. Has 20, he ever 20, had a
1: thirty goal season?
0: Uh, he had a twenty nine goal that season. Doesn't count. Like, nope. Never oh, had a thirty so goal season
1: in six point six five. That seems like <laughs> one extra goal. A but lot. he's
0: a four t- out of uh, five seasons in the NHL. Five full seasons. He scored uh, twenty four. Or sorry, yeah. So he's Hoffman. He has scored. 20 goals four times, and he was two off the last two years of being a four-time 25-goal scorer.
1: So, I mean, he's probably a lock for 50 points this year, but you want to see at least 60 to 70 with that kind of money.
0: Do you? I don't know. I you need at least 30-30, I would think.
1: For 6.65 million, yeah. you need
0: 30-30. 30-30 is not out of the question. 30-30 right is not know. out
1: of the question for him either. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's a bit of a depressed asset right now. Which is probably why they couldn't get anything good for yeah, him. Yeah, they probably
1: did try to trade him, to be honest.
0: This is also a tradable contract.
1: 100%. Especially if right. you eat, like, a million even. Yeah.
0: Or not at all. Or not if at all. If yep. well.
1: uh, it plays well. Doesn't look like it has any... No trade protection or anything, so... Uh, okay, last up, twenty-four-year-old uh, Julian Gauthier, one year, eight hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. He's
0: shitty. this guy sucks. Know, he's, yeah, he's so sucks. dumb.
1: You <laughs> could just like literally grab a guy off the street and put skates on him, and he would probably be just as good as that uh, He's
0: twenty. He's twenty-four. He's so just you, gonna uh... go out and
1: hit people, and he literally can't score regardless of what chances he gets. Somebody yeah, on Twitter he's... called him the worst shooter in all of the NHL. Wow. And that's some, I guess. Uh okay. Wow. Um wow. Okay. So we will finish off the podcast um with coaches stuff cuz we can't um we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um Well, there's
0: still some open jobs left, so we might be talking about it um Tyler, in it, uh, next week too.
1: just when you thought it was safe to stop talking about coaches, the San Jose Sharks <laughs> fired
0: theirs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a weird, this is just a, overall a weird decision. Yes. Uh,
1: so, yeah, they basically waited till the last possible minute to fire Bob Bugner um, and then said, well, like, we hadn't made a decision
0: yet. And it's like, you
1: haven't—you don't even have a GM yet. And you think you're going to bring in a random new GM and let him take over mm-hmm. a veteran coaching staff? Like, it's not happening. So they kind of yep. did these guys dirty and fired them while all the jobs have already been taken up um so good luck to the sharks because there is a lot of dysfunction going on there right now and it sounds weird
0: well they're just in transition i would not call it dysfunction yet well they don't have a gm they fired
1: their coach late um and i don't even think they know what direction they want the team to go right now
0: yeah they're just taking their time
1: okay well let's Weird, there could be some fantasy sleepers on that team next year because they're going to have bad vibes going into the draft, I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, so we'll continue on the coaching uh, carousel here, if you will. Uh, we have a uh, former Dallas Stars coach, and I believe St. Louis Blues assistant Jim Montgomery is now the coach of the Boston Bruins. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of impressed they did not shoot themselves in the foot with some random guy. Um, to be honest, uh, it sounds like a lot of people wanted, uh, Jim Montgomery to get another job after the way things ended in Dallas. And he honestly was a pretty highly heralded coach when he got hired in Dallas, uh, coming out of college. Um, so we will see, I believe I read, uh, he coached, uh, Johnny Gaudreau in the USHL, uh, to a championship. Mm. So people love throwing out those random things though. I'm sure it won't really matter. Um, so what, how do you feel about Monty going to the Bruins?
0: good i mean i think it's a good hire he was a good he was a well-regarded like good coach um previous to his um like leave off the dallas stars so i think it's probably the you know it's a it's a name, right? It's a On, name. Again, we don't really, I don't really know. It's tough to say. Yeah,
1: it is tough to say. But given what was left, if you're going for like, say, desirable um, coaching candidates, uh, uh, amongst the ones of the carousel, if you will, of former coaches, he was probably the best one left. Um, yeah. With Trot saying he didn't want to coach again, or at least not this year. Uh, hopefully, uh, Montgomery and Pasternak get along, um, so they don't trade him. Bergeron, notably, coming back again, um, that's going to be a weird team.
0: Yeah, it is going to be a weird team, and they might be bad to start.
1: But uh, Yeah, the, that might be a team that comes on late in the season. Um, so maybe like November, December, that's when you start uh, dropping some of those uh, will-win-a-playoff-round futures on that team or something. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, the Detroit Red Wings finally hired a coach um, because Steve Eiserman had to wait long enough for a guy he knew to be available. Um, so <laughs> he waited for the Tampa Bay Lightning to be eliminated and he took their assistant who he hired in Tampa Bay to be an assistant, uh Derek Lalonde. Um sweet.
0: I, I again I don't know his style of coach. Whatever.
1: So. This I don't yeah. this is sounds like a good hire. Yeah, exactly. I I at this point you kind of have to assume that Iserman's only gonna do smart things, I guess, given that most of the things that he left with Tampa Bay won them two cups and made a third final. So Yeah. Uh, okay, last up, the one that I want Tyler to talk the most about. Cause I know he's oh, very, oh. very excited for this.
0: This is like the worst thing that a could happen. A man, happened.
1: a man who has waited for years for a offensive coach to coach his beloved Nick Ehlers. Finally the day is here, Tyler, where if Nick Ehlers somehow manages to get on that one line that Rick Bonus allows to play offense, you're gonna love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least i know that connor hellebuck is gonna get played until he literally cannot work. oh
1: connor hellebuck is going to play 75 games next year and the jets will probably end up making the playoffs and will probably get way more defensive so from a hellebuck perspective yeah. this is probably good this is uh, good for me but uh, from yeah, an ehlers perspective I, this is only good if he gets on that first line because that's the only line that bonus allows to play
0: offense yeah i just gotta hope that uh yeah, hope that he impresses early, but yeah. Uh I'm I'm really disappointed with the uh with the Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh
1: my favorite part was I saw this like tweet that the Jets put out or it was like a behind the scenes of like bonus getting off the airport um clearly not in Winnipeg cuz they don't have one. Um but he was getting off the plane at the airport and the Chevel Day off was there and he comes around the corner and he goes bones and he shakes his hand like he just saw his best friend and i'm just like hockey hiring <laughs> <laughs> you're not like saying hi my name is or hey or what well, yeah. i guess you would have interviewed them but still like you literally called your new coach by a nickname like this guy got off the plane you called him by a nickname like it's yeah. just yeah i don't know i good times this is insane you i couldn't believe it when i saw this tyler i, yeah, I honestly either. could not believe it like scott Especially or Neil, who is tired. coming on as an assistant would have surprised me less
0: yeah i don't know what to do anymore to be honest i'm kind of at a loss for words with this one
1: Shevel dayoff needs to get fired so friggin bad i'm now. thinking
0: i'm thinking that's probably this is case. his
1: last coach for sure right like yeah, it might be his last year. Yeah, Bonus is on a two year deal. He signed a two year contract, which is rare for new coaches to come on and only get two. So, this is literally he's being brought in to get two more kicks of the can with whatever shovel can pull out of this core, and then they're both gone. Like, then yeah. it's like a clean house. It's got to be. It's time. Like, such, so much
0: wasted talent.
1: Oh, my God. And so much wasted. Like, Dubois wants out. Like, Line a got traded. Like, uh-huh. all these. It's like guys that like, oh, man, insane. And I mean, OK, so they did have the Bufflin thing happen to them, which is like basically losing your number one defenseman out of nowhere for nothing, which obviously yeah. would be shitty to almost every team. And then trouble wants to leave for nothing that the Jets had anything control over. Like they basically lost their two best defensemen over one offseason for nothing. Which, okay, that sucks, but still, like, some of the moves that Shovel Day Off has made, it's just been, like, did he not, like, spend three years? Wasn't it, like, almost three seasons before he even made a trade or something like
0: that? Yeah, like, he's he's notoriously, like, more of a wait-and-see kind of guy. And it doesn't seem to be working, though. Like, how many of their
1: prospects have, like, they need Perfetti or, like, none of their prospects have really turned into anything insane. Not recently, no. 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 You gotta supplement that core, and he just hasn't. Or they haven't, yeah. they just haven't seen the talent. Who knows? It took him like
0: four years to get like an actual second line center.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, Well, maybe they'll sign Nazem Kadri. I
0: don't think they have the cap room for that.
1: Uh, Okay, Uh, last thing before we end the podcast here, Tyler, have you seen the avalanche destruction of the Stanley Cup?
0: Yes, love it. I'm here for it. Uh,
1: Every time I see new videos of it getting dropped or um, did you see the uh, Instagram or the live video or whatever where Eric Johnson was literally on the toilet?
0: No, but um I saw uh, Curtis uh, McDermott carrying it in a bar and he just fell. Oh yeah. That
1: <laughs> one's hilarious. And then the security comes over and one guy grabs the cup and one guy grabs McDermott and McDermott yeah. is notably like what like 6'8 or something yeah, like Yeah, he's that. huge. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a monster. 6'8 well, is a little much, but yeah. He's So great. I saw screenshots of it obviously I wasn't watching it but uh, Eric Johnson who notably has become the like monster of this Stanley Cup parade apparently. Yeah. Um was doing one of those live thing. I think it was on Instagram or whatever. And he was just doing yeah. the face. Like he was looking at his face and then he went to like, people are like, Oh, what are you up to or whatever? And like, all they saw was like part of his leg and his pants being pulled up or whatever. And he was
0: oh, my on God. Instagram. live. Horrible. He must've been
1: taking a grumper or something, but like he <laughs> didn't even turn it off. Like he is huh. next level. I don't care anymore. Yeah, Um, who cares? And honestly, I want to send a heartfelt thank you to the uh, former Stanley Cup winning Washington Capitals for finally just saying, screw it, we're doing whatever we want and putting a nice bar out there for future Cup winners.
0: Yeah, I like it too.
1: Um, It's great. Uh, Now I need to see uh, more like the. I need to see the actual video of when the cup got thrown into Mario Lemieux's pool from the second deck and it got (laughs) dented or whatever. Like, (laughs) I want to see that crazy stuff now. Um, It's just that they don't give them the actual real one. If anybody's wondering, they have a travel cup that these guys get
0: to destroy. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the actual one goes back in the. I think the actual one gets given out. That I don't know how it works, but there are two of them. Basically, and one gets kept pristine and one gets basically like dr- Drank out of pissed off like kiss yeah. like whatever else is happening on that thing. Oh Man, that but, thing's probably ended up like the women's NXT belt before um, if you get that <laughs> reference I don't okay good. That'll be for like nobody that listens to this podcast. Sweet. Uh, okay. Well, uh, that'll be the podcast this week, and next week we'll get to talk about uh, who went first overall in the draft, and then we'll have our uh, early on free agency pe- episode, and then we'll probably take our August break
0: and maybe uh, trades. Who knows? Yeah,
1: and I bet you some trades. Debrincat is probably getting moved here, um, potentially oh boy. at the draft. Uh, and if he goes to Philly, Tyler, um, oh boy, I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do, actually. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to cry a lot. Um, but I guess Panarin had good seasons under torts, right? Yep. Okay. Let's just It'll be okay. Like, oh, It'll be okay. I'm scared. Okay. Well, that'll be the podcast for this week. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.